This podcast is made possible by Workday and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Daryl Cox, CFO of Venice Solutions, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 376. What social does is it opens up information. I mean, ultimately, that's what social is. It's information. It's not, I mean, yes, it's building relationships, but ultimately, it allows you to get information faster, better, quicker. And so then once that information starts flowing, all of a sudden, that's what starts the transformation, which is why people say it's a digital transformation. Social is a catalyst. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. I'm Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Jody Paydar, author of a number of books, including Radical CPA and head of the new Vision CPA Group of Chicago. For finance leaders charged with creating a more collaborative finance function, one that facilitates the finance team as it builds relationships across the organization. Here's one question. Are you encouraging your team to get on LinkedIn, to get on Twitter? If you're asking yourself, what does one have to do with the other? Have we got an episode for you? We begin after these words from our sponsor. Just as a house needs a good foundation, your business needs a solid technology foundation. At Workday, a different approach to finance technology is giving growing mid-size organizations a distinct advantage. Workday's flexible architecture means that when business conditions change, finance can easily make changes to business processes. To learn more about how a finance system from Workday supports mid-size organizations from the ground up, visit us at Workday.com. Workday, built for the future. Hello, we're speaking to Jody Paydar. Many of you might already know her as the Radical CPA. Her most recent book is From Success to Significance, The Radical CPA Guide, Strategies, Tools, and Stories. Ooh, we like stories. She's also today the CEO of New Vision CPA Group. Jody, welcome. Thanks, Jack. Let's first help our listeners get a little better acquainted with you uh, by asking you to look back for us and share with us a little bit of your background and experience and maybe how you first became a CPA and, uh, and a trailblazer in the, in the social media realm. Um, well, if we, if we want to go way back, I grew up in an accounting firm, right? So my dad um, was a director of taxes and had a tax shop on the side. Um, so, you know, I, I learned how to listen 
and talk to clients from the time I was like six years old, right? Because clients would come to our house. He had a home office before home offices were trendy. So I grew up in a firm. Truly, I grew up in a firm. And um, actually, I think it's one of the important things that really helped me get connected to customers and, and clients. But, you know, fast forward, um, I went to school, St. Mary's Northern Dame, a women's college, which I think has done tremendous things for me as far as leadership goes. And then um, started my first job at PW um, before the C, so that dates me, right? Carbon dates me. And I was actually in their tax technology group. I um, worked um, on their technology software. And um, I was one of those people who answered the phone when your software doesn't work and you had to figure out, like, why it wasn't working. I was the person who picked up the phone. Um, and then fast forward, I worked at a number of small firms or mid-sized firms with a handful of partners. And then about 10 years ago, it might even be 12 years ago, I left the mid-sized firm that I was at um, because I came off a really bad tax season, and I said, there's got to be a better way. And I joined my dad, and my dad um, was retired at the time from his corporate tax job, and um, he told me, go find your own customers. So thanks, Dad. I'm glad we're partnering together because you just told me I had to build a business. So actually, it was kind of the best advice anyone had ever given me because it made me learn how to find customers, which I think so many CPAs have all the technical skills, but they don't, like, know how to actually build a business. And at that time, cloud software was just starting, right? And so I realized that if I started to use the tools of the day, and I was obviously an innovator and early adopter, um, that I could change the business model of a firm and I could make a firm that actually fit my lifestyle as a new mother. And um, so I, I took those tools and I took the business model and I didn't know it was a business model at that time. Nobody told me. I just figured out I had to work differently with customers using the internet and price them differently and do all those kinds of things. And um, I started doing things differently. And I went to Twitter to find support because um, the state CPA societies weren't giving me what I needed because they were all doing things in an old way. And so where do, um, where do people go to find information? Well, they go to the Internet, right? So but think about it. It was seven years ago now, or, and that was like not everybody was on Twitter, right? So I went to Twitter to find support, and I found a whole – um, group of friends who were similar to me in age, and they were at Twitter trying to find support as how to run a firm differently, right? Um, so they were using cloud technology. They realized that billing by the hour wasn't working. They were trying to figure out how to price services. Um, they were connecting with their customers online using social media, and um, we kind of created this movement together of um, running new firms differently. Um, and then we went to a conference to meet up in Vegas, and um, the AICPA, or the VP, Mark Koziel, the AICPA, said to, to our little group, said, you guys look what firms are going to look like in the future. And that was seven years ago, right? So now fast forward, and the stuff that I was doing is now just totally evolved to be a new business model of how CPA firms should operate. Okay. I, I think I understand how social media provided you uh, the means to reach out uh, to new customers and to build relationships. I'm not certain how it allowed you to structurally change the business. So when I talk about being a radical CPA, 
it really is creating a whole new business model, right? And in that business model, um, we don't keep time, we don't track by time, we don't build time, right? So we have a different value prop for how we work with our customers. Um, we use social media to connect with them every day, not just from a marketing standpoint, but from a conversation standpoint, right? So my customers truly are my friends, and we partner together. Now, in the old world, right, maybe you met with your customers for lunch or for coffee or whatever, but in the new world, we just hang out online, and they truly are our friends. And many firms don't feel like they can cross over that business line, right? Um, we really um, talk about using technology as an input into our firms, right? So technology is one of our core drivers, um, and a lot of people think that it's all about technology. Really, it's about practice management, using technology to run your firm differently. Um, but technology really becomes a core input. And then finally, it's about the process or the customer experience that you're going to give your um uh, your customer because customers expect a new way of working. And in my first book, The Radical CPA, I kind of outline, outline those ideas. But then in um, my new book, um, really what I talk about is how the changing the business model, like myself and um, other firms have done, it really um, changes to become a transformation, right? And everyone talks about customer transformation or the, the new idea of, trans, of this digital transformation, and truly the new business model allows for CPAs to um, go through that digital transformation themselves and how they work, and then they can actually help their customers through it because they really understand how it truly you know, morphs your business model. And you can't do things the way you did 10 years ago. You can't do things the way you did five years ago. You just can't anymore because our customers want more from us. So maybe give us a specific example of how uh, using social media has allowed you to build uh, relationships. What I found social media has done for me is it's allowed me to get to the golf course without physically getting to the golf course, right? A lot of times women don't golf, so I can golf, but that's not necessarily where I want to hang out. So by being friends with um, customers on social media, it allows me to kind of hang out with them socially, right? So one of our largest clients um, was golfing, and he got to go golfing with Arnold Palmer, which was a big deal for him, and he posted it on Facebook. And so then the next time he um, he was around, I was able to talk to him about him golfing with Arnold Palmer, and it was a big deal and all this stuff. And so um, for, for being a woman who doesn't necessarily want to spend all her days on the golf course, though I know a lot of guys like that, um, it's really allowed me to break down those gender biases because it's allowed me to really um, get social um, with males that I probably wouldn't have those opportunities for um, without being in that kind of old boys club or at the golf course. Okay, so back in the office, uh, for a finance executive that would like to move in this direction and become more of a digital uh, collaborator, digital relationship builder, Give us a, a starter assignment. What would you share with us? So I'm a tax person by heart, right? So this whole new tax law, right? Everyone is kind of freaked out about it. But on the flip side of it, like nobody knows it. 
so how can you be innovative with this new tax law, right? Because it doesn't exist, so you can't say, oh, well, that's the way they did it last year. Um, so it's like a whole new level playing field, right? Because nobody knows what's happening with the new tax law. So when we talk about innovation, how can you take something out of that new tax law and be innovative on it, right? And what does that look like? And it doesn't have to be from a tax perspective. It could be from a marketing perspective. It could be um, from a conversation perspective or a community's perspective. How could you build community even within your organization around the new tax law? Maybe it's a lunch and learn um, where you're just getting all the, the people talking about some specific thing about the new tax law. So, like, when I look around, and this is part of just the way my head works, is all I see is opportunity, right? And yet... I see most CPAs who are in tax freaking out, thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to deal with the new tax law? And I think, oh, my God, there's so many things I could do with it. So if you can change your perspective and be innovative in something, something is, well, I guess it is kind of big, the new tax law. But something, um, if you can take that, um, that mindset and turn it from a problem into an opportunity and just look at it a little bit differently, then you'll have the opportunity to, to create that incremental change and to move forward. In the, in the online world, are you aware, I, I imagine there are, uh, regarding the tax law, a uh, Facebook group or whatever it might be, I mean, are there certain resources already uh, pretty energetic out there? Absolutely. So Twitter is my, my place, and the reason I like Twitter is because it moves fast, and I move pretty fast. But um, all the tax policy, all the change, all that stuff has been happening in Twitter in real time since, you know, since they started talking about it. There's all kinds of podcasts. Um, there's all kinds of experts talking about it. And so. So you would go to Twitter and do a search on hashtag tax yep. law. Yep. As simple hashtag as that. tax law. <laughs> as simple as that. Or start with a Google search, right? And you'll start finding communities that already exist. When you mentioned marketing before, I thought it was interesting the way you try to open people's minds that it might not be the traditional area where you can drive innovation. Um, having a lunchtime conversation, bringing people together with no agenda other than to sort of <laughs> the expression spitball around uh, how this is going to influence business and where. Is that sort of the uh, sort of the broad uh, charter you would give such discussions? Totally, totally, because um, we live in a community world, right? And I think people forget about that, and sometimes that when you go online, all that is is community, right? So if you're in an organization, why not do a, a lunch hangout with your tax department and talk about what's happening with the new tax law and how you can market it internally, right? What do you, what do you have to tell your new team. I mean, meals and entertainment, that's a simple thing that's changed. How are you going to educate your company on that? And how are you going to do it in a fun marketing way, as opposed to just sending them some, you know, code saying, guess what, guys, lunches no longer count or how you're going to do this, right? So, so, so even if you have internal stakeholders that you need to market to, how are you going to market to them differently about the changes that are happening? Okay. I, I love this discussion, and, and here's what your thoughts have already connected for me. Uh, I'll say that uh, 
the idea of achieving greater collaboration across the organization is a priority shared by most finance leaders today, and that probably goes back a decade. But what many finance leaders, I think, don't see is that social media is this this doorway uh, for their people uh, to begin collaborating internally um, with other uh, functional groups in the company. If uh, I, I think certain areas of companies are a little more savvy when it comes to social media, and sales comes to mind, marketing obviously does as well. And some of the executives in those uh, areas are out there using social media effectively for outreach. Well, if you're a finance person and you're sort of backing into the social world, watch what your team members are doing in other areas of the company. Not only that, like their their uh, content and engage with it. Um, and that is sort of a that first step. And it, what what's interesting is your team members or those people who you perhaps never had lunch with before will suddenly find you as a collaborator or identify you as one. Is anything I'm saying here making sense to your world, uh, Jody? It, it, it totally is because before, what would you have had to do to connect with that salesperson internal, inside your organization? You wouldn't have been able to, right? Like they would have sat across the building and you wouldn't have found them. Um, unless you had a direct project you were working on with them, right? But now you have the ability to, you know, to cross silos and to collaborate and to give them information that they need and then get information you need back, right? And that, I mean, that's what's so cool about the Internet as a whole, right, is this, this information sharing has just become easy, right? Now, granted, when I say easy, you still have to go look for it. You still have to create relationships. And sometimes CPAs aren't necessarily, you know, the ones who want to, like, reach out. But on the other side, if you work in an online environment and you're doing it on LinkedIn, those introverted people have a lot easier time sometimes collaborating online than they do in person than walking up to the, you know, the sales guy in the cafeteria and say, hey, you know, can you tell me about, you know, what's happening in your world, right? And they can do that online. So it's interesting to me because I actually think that a lot of times social gives people a voice who wouldn't necessarily have a voice because they're a little bit more introverted. Yes, and let's face it. Uh, the sales team, more extroverts, more visible on the golf course. To circle back to your excellent example, and uh, one I think is very relevant to finance people of either gender. And uh, I think it's somewhat frustrating uh, that we don't see more finance leaders engaging and actually leading. That Finance leaders have to be here. So... Yeah, no, I think finance leaders have to come to it. They, there isn't an option anymore. You know, seven years ago, you could opt in or opt out. Today, I don't think you can opt in or opt out because I think what happens is it just puts your organization behind because um, – what happens is, is the people who want to do people do business with who they want to do business with, right? People do at the end at the core. People do business with people, right? And if you don't, 
if you don't show who you are and you don't show authentically who you are, and I'm not saying to go post something that's totally inappropriate, especially on LinkedIn, it's pretty easy not to. Um, but if you don't show your external and internal stakeholders who you are, um, are you going to be relevant in five years, ten years, whatever? Because the companies that do social really well are doing really good business really well. You miss opportunities if you're not out there, right? And we used to only have to be thinking locally. And so, you know, we were only going to do business with someone who was in our town or, you know, um, around. But now when we're doing business globally, how is it that um, really big companies reach out to our little firm and do want to do business with us because we have a social presence and there are firms that I would say businesses that would never in a million years want to do business with my little firm in years prior just because they wouldn't know about us. But now we're competing with KPMG Global and we're an itty bitty firm in Chicago. You know, I have five people, right? And, and so when you look at those kinds of opportunities that come my way, that's when you realize the power of social. And that's when you realize if you're not on social, what you're missing. And I, I think it's, it's not, it, it's the opportunity lost. It's not, it's not the return of investment. It's the return of not investing. So if you don't invest, what are you missing? As opposed to saying, what's the ROI of me being on social? What, I would say flip it and say, what's the ROI? What am I missing if I'm not on social? Okay, yes, and I, I like that you're speaking uh, the language of finance with ROI, which I think there's an important uh, point to make here, which is uh, one of the charges against uh, social media, of course, is that it's a time waster. Now, one of the um, traits, character traits of most finance people, and as we speak to finance leaders, what they often tell us is that they are a disciplined person, and I think that's true it's a, it's a character trait for professionals in this arena. Use that discipline approach uh, to apply to social media, which means 15 minutes a day, no more. You go on LinkedIn, whatever it might be, your channel of choice, and you like a piece of content or you leave a comment or two behind, again, to build those relationships uh, internally. And that's just one piece of it, right? Because now you have social, right? And then what does social do? But social, once you start walking down the social path, then you realize that other pieces of your business have to change, right? Because then maybe your customer experience gets, like, um, looked at. Because now if you're integrate, if you're working with people socially, now how are you um, dealing with them from an experience perspective, right? And so, so when I say start small, right, so social might be one piece of it, but then all of a sudden now your customer experience has to change. And when I say customer experience, it could be internal or external customers, right? So now that needs to change, right? So then it leads you to change that. And then you're like, oh, well, wait, there's all these digital technologies that are out there that can help me do my job better. And so then all of a sudden you go to the technology piece and you say, look, oh, we can put these technologies within our company and this is going to make us be faster and more efficient and we're going to do things better, right? And then as you start to morph, then all of a sudden you, then that's when digital transformation occurs, right? It's not like, oh, I'm going to lay this all out and I'm going to know exactly what 
happening. And I think that's why CPAs, because they're afraid to start the journey because they don't know exactly what it's going to look like at the end, right? Because they want they want to have that clarity there. And it's a messy thing, right? That 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 journey is not going to be 100% clear the day you get started. But what you can do is as you start moving, you see more and more clarity. And as it keeps going along, all of a sudden the vision becomes really clear. But it doesn't, it doesn't happen on the first day. And that's, that's the hard part. And so that's why I say, you know, just start, but start small. Because you're going to find your clarity as you move. But if you don't start moving at all, you're never going to get there. How did Jody Paydar grow her LinkedIn following to over 400,000 followers? We find out after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. What do you think uh, a common obstacle, the most common obstacle might be for uh, finance teams moving in this direction? Um, well, no, I think, I think the big thing for me is age. And I think that a lot of times people think that it's an age thing. And I would beg to differ. It's really not an age thing. Um, that just because someone's a millennial doesn't mean that they're totally tech-focused. And just because someone's a boomer doesn't mean that they're totally tech-inverse. And I think that one of the things that is hard to, um, to, to think about is I think too many times we take these stereotypes and we have them apply to our business just because the media has told us they should. And yet, um, some of the biggest supporters that you'll have will be boomers who have been through a ton of change before and will help you facilitate the change versus, um, you know, a millennial who um, maybe just doesn't have that depth of experience and doesn't understand what it's really like to change. So I think the biggest, the, the biggest, roadblock sometimes that I think we have is our own biases of our perceptions of how we think people are going to react as opposed to how they actually react. And, um, and I think that's a, something that we need to think about. Jody, thank you for helping us zero in on how social media can be used to uh, be a catalyst for greater collaboration between finance and other parts of the organization, as well as the outside world. Now, I wanted to ask you about your business. You built a CPA firm using some of the practices we've been discussing. And today, that's uh, part of your value prop, from what I understand. You want to partner with this firm because it can help your uh, company uh, complete the digital 
transition. Am I right, or how do you see the world? Absolutely, and that, that's what's happening now, right? So we were the innovators. We're small and agile. My firm itself is small, and we typically work with businesses zero to ten million, but we can because we're agile, right? But now what we're finding is really big firms want to learn from us and want to take what we've learned at the small business level upstream to their client base because they know that their customers are wanting it, right? They know that all the stuff that we've done on a much smaller scale totally applies to bigger firms. You just It's just bigger numbers, right, just like anything else, right? Instead of having a, a handful of commas, there's a lot more commas after those numbers. But the, the hard knocks that we've gone through, we know what it is and how to work with those with those bigger companies, it's just now a matter of taking all those things that we've learned and, and moving them upstream. And so that's what this new book is about, right? So so actually it's kind of cool because my second book was written in hundred firm owner who would typically work with a, a CFO in that range, right? Because um, because it was written for them to learn how to move um, not just their own companies, but then the companies they serve. Um, because it's all the same, it's just different inputs, right? So whether you whether we do something like client accounting services on a much smaller scale, we can take those same ideas that we've, um, or the same methodologies that we've created, and we could do it to an audit, right? And all we have to do is input different technologies. Um, you still have your CPA technical skills. You um, have your your deliverables, and you have your marketing. And you can put all those things together, and you just sell something a little bit different. And the whole idea of it is, is this allows a firm, as well as a company, to take these ideas and continually evolve. Because right now, when you talk about a business model change, it's not, it's not a one-time change, right? We have to take all our organizations indefinitely into the future, and things are moving so much faster now. So how are we going to set up our companies for success so that we can do something in this transformation that's going to continually evolve and put innovation into our DNA, which right now it doesn't have, right? Right now all we do is we have a process, we change the process, we, you know, incrementally innovate, but that's not going to keep us moving forward indefinitely because when AI comes out and, um, you know, blockchain and all these things that all these new technologies that everybody's talking about, we really need to know how to adapt much more quickly, and that's where firms are failing. And I'll say CPA firms are failing, and then um, because of it, their firms that they serve are failing because they don't know how to move forward into, into the new world. So when you have companies that really need to make some big changes, where, where do you begin with them? We, like, we don't necessarily define what we, those big changes so that then those big goals, and if you can put your, your three takeaway, your three big goals for the year, right? Because if you do more than that, nothing gets done anyways, right? So, so take those three big goals and put them as to how much effort they're going to take and how much value they provide and put them in this, you know, this access part, right? And then you can figure out, um, what you're working towards, and then you can put your initiatives around them 
and then your whole team can get engaged into where they're going, right? Because that keeps everybody looking at those goals top of mind, right? Like, where are we going today, and then how are we going to get there? And um, and I think too many finance people, they do things that are, well, I shouldn't say all of them, but too many do things that are routine or easy as opposed to kind of stepping out of their box and saying, yeah, this is going to this is going to be a little bit harder, but we can get there. And what I think is, is if you put those goals in and then you put your initiatives around them, then all of a sudden this change process just becomes work. It's not necessarily change. It's just work because everybody knows what they're doing and how they're going to get there, and they can check it off their list of, oh, I did that, and I'm making it, you know, I'm making it down my checklist of things I have to do versus saying, okay, we're going to change. Because when you say we're going to change, everybody gets freaked out, and they don't like to do that. So has your firm in the past been uh, enlisted to help inject let's say, uh, the social gene into uh, an organization or a finance team? So they have, but I think that's just one piece of it. So people connect with the social, right, because I think it's the missing piece. But I think ultimately what they don't realize is how it begins the transformation, right, because what social does is it opens up information, I mean, ultimately, that's what social is. It's information. It's not, I mean, yes, it's building relationships, but it's ultimately it allows you to get information faster, better, quicker, whatever, right? And so then once that information starts flowing, all of a sudden that's what starts the transformation, which is why people say it's a digital transformation, right? Because once they go online, all of a sudden they realize their brick and mortar doesn't work anymore, right? They have to figure out how to work differently, and then the transformation comes. So I think social is kind of the catalyst. And a lot of people say it's technology. And, I mean, you can call social technology, but I think it's ultimately it's the real time that is the catalyst. It's not because once you're in real time, it forces you to do everything differently, right? And that's, that's from a CPA perspective, the difference in our firm, right, in our firm is we're using real-time data, and because we're in real-time data, we can offer real-time advice. And that's what, um, you know, if you're, in, if you're in a mid-sized company and you're not in the cloud and you're not sharing that real-time data with your outside accountants, how are they going to offer you proactive advice? They can't because it's a day late and a dollar short. And so it's the real-time that provides the catalyst to the digital transformation. And that's the piece that I don't think people understand because they think it's the technology. It's really not the technology because you could apply a bazillion different kinds of technology to your business, whatever that business is, but it's the real time that creates, um, that creates the urgency, that creates the transformation. So we've been speaking to Jody Paydar mostly about social media. However, her new book is From Success to Significance, The Radical CPA Guide, Strategy, Tools, and Stories. And I have to say, you have over 400,000 followers on LinkedIn today. <laughs> uh, I don't know how that happens, but that's uh, so, extraordinary. Um, but, but is t- Twitter still your platform of choice or no? Is it divided? 
So I'm I'm kind of in LinkedIn now just because I have more followers and I seem to get more interactions. How I got over 400,000 followers is the LinkedIn algorithms um, voted my blogs and my comments as the most shared organically. So however LinkedIn measures things, it for two years in a row, my commentary and my um, blogs were the most shared on LinkedIn in the finance community. And so then I won that award. So my blog or my name pops up as like finance people to follow. And so that's how I got 400,000 followers. Wow. A- a- any final pointers for us how to, how to uh, grow our followers? Oh, I was just going to say, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or even Facebook. If you ask to be my friend, I'm happy to be a friend. And um, if you're interested in finding out about my new book, you can check it out at cpatrendlines.com. And keep in mind, if Jody likes your content, it's going to be shared with her ecosystem of uh, 400 plus thousand uh, LinkedIn viewers. I confess I have followers envy. Uh, so send me your invites as well, and I'll be happy to accept. But meanwhile, thank you, Jody, so much for the time and joining us on CFO Thought Leader. This has been awesome. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, Thought Leader listeners, you can now go premium at cfothoughtleader.com.